We in the club, dub, dub. We in the club, dub, dub. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Vigilante Nice Dirty Nine podcast. We are part of the Let's Go Podcast Network, pop culture, what out the pop. My name is Nick Zanuck, and as always, I got my fellow Avengers with me. I got Nico Caruso, Father Nicholas Caruso Jr., and he's our star-spangled man with always a plan. We have Luke Dolphinball. Gentlemen, what's up? Doing well. Happy to be here and happy Easter. We're recording this on Easter. We are stepping away from. We, we have risen. Yes. We, we, uh, he has risen. We have risen. Sharon Carter has risen. Oh boy. He yeah. said it's okay today if we just take a little time out and, uh, and do our podcast. So we got, we got a dispensation today. We're good. And, and if you're not religious, that's okay. Yeah. Yes. As Ian Hap goes deep to center field, that ball's gone. That is beautiful. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Live, live, live stuff. I love it. I love it. happening during the show. Sorry. Yeah. How are you today, brother? I'm I'm good. He's ready. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, if you guys listened to the first episode that we did, we talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier, which we are going to do that. But first, guys, another big titular blockbuster movie dropped on hbo max and in theaters where theaters are open and that was the very widely anticipated godzilla versus kong so yeah because that was a really good word yes you know Uh, he said he didn't have his thesaurus today but he did i am super impressed that you threw that out there mr z oh man Man, okay, I'm I'm loving the audio delays here. This is great. I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> man, all right. So Luke, uh kick us off here. Godzilla versus Kong. What'd you think, man? I thought I thought it was good. Um they're kinda they're kinda scared. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, man, like if if this was like real, like going <laughs> down, I'm nowhere near it. You know, I'm I'm gone, but yeah, I I thought the visuals were pretty cool. Um, I really did some pretty good, uh, pretty good fight scenes. Um, yeah, I had a little bit of an issue trying to watch it at first, though. Yeah. <laughs> I kept getting like ten minutes in, and then, and then my app would crash. I couldn't Ooh. figure it out, so I. People were watching Zack Snyder's Justice League. The server was getting overloaded, Luke. Yeah, I. I got a little bit of Tom and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Man, Mr. C, I know you I know you were, you were waiting just yeah. a little bit for this movie. What'd yeah, you think? It was, it was really fun. It was a lot of fun. I, I had actually, now I've watched it twice because I watched it with Nick and then I watched it with my daughter. Uh, you know, it's just a, like you, you use that word bombastic. It's just over the top 
really cool looking movie that actually I thought the story was almost a little better than I was actually anticipating it being the scenes, everything looked pretty cool. Um, Godzilla is still a cold, cold creature, man, you know, at least because I went in, I went in quite literally, I went in team Godzilla, but I, but Kong won me over, man. (laughs) Kong won me over. So same here. It's, it's, I was Team Kong going in. It's it's funny how much of the movie really is his. It it, it really is a King Kong movie. I feel like, um, almost in the way that BVS is more of a Batman movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's 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 funny because I was wondering. I asked you this question. I'm like, it's interesting. So Godzilla has his first one, and then there's Kong Skull Island, and then there was Godzilla King of Monsters, and now they're putting them together. So I'm like, okay, so Godzilla gets like four appearance or three appearances and this is only Kong's two. So now I see that they made their versus film much more geared towards Kong. And I actually thought the story mostly worked. Um, I still think Kong Skull Island has the best human characters and human stories. I think it benefits from how isolated it is. And Mm -hmm. in Godzilla one and then King of Monsters. And in this movie, they have to make it really tied to what's going on in the world. Um, I think some of the stuff with the the villain, with the um, the guy I don't know his name who created looked dope. By the way, um, I feel like that came out of nowhere, and I think there was probably more. Like also that guy who was in the who was our Charles Xavier guy. Mm-hmm. Can, yeah, um, that's uh, Surasawa's son, apparently. But they really don't go. They really but don't. They explain don't that. even right. like mention how one because that seems like it would be a pretty big deal. Like the guy's mm-hmm. son is working for, uh, what's the name Apex. Apex. I'm laughing because like <laughs> I'm trying to salvage what I remember from the human plot, and it's actually less than I remember. Um, nice. Thought the I thought the little girl stuff with Kong was awesome. I think yeah. that like emotional pull that the movie needed whereas like in king of monsters you're supposed to care about the family but you don't because um the one what's that actress's name who plays vera the mom? vera vera familia vera F- yeah. mm-hmm. i don't know she's in the conjuring don't you watch all that <laughs> yeah. stuff yes i think the conjuring yeah. her <laughs> her an ocean it's master. like no one knows her name or no, kyle chandler's name were you guys on Twitter the day before? <laughs> she was also in The Departed. I know. She no, plays the love interest. I know yeah. who she is. I just okay. don't know her her actress, yeah, well, her name. You got to do your homework the before actress. the pod. You got to start. But like, like, Nick, like, but Nick like did does. you guys see the tweet on, it was the day before Kong came out, and people <laughs> a picture of Kyle Chandler, and now I know his name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So tomorrow, all of you are going to pretend like you know this guy's name. <laughs> But then it's funny. I thought about the ten movies I seen him in. I'm like, wow, I don't know the actor's name. I just know him as mm-hmm. that plays the same role in every movie. But shout out to Kyle Chandler, it was great. Um, yeah, we've talked about the battles and the visuals. That's they're all exceptional. Yeah. Nice looking movies out there. I wish I could have seen it in a theater. I, yeah. As we were getting towards the end of it, I'm like, oh, I wish I could have <clears> saw this in theater. But no, man, it was fun. It was it was really fun. Um, it's probably. I think Kong Island of the four is still, I would consider my favorite and the best. I think this is number two for me. <clears throat> Not sure. Um, Zeddy, how about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought I thought this thing was great. I mean, I said it in my initial tweet. I'm like, you're not going to watch a movie called Godzilla versus Kong for a good plot. You're going to watch it to see these two 
monsters just duking it out for over 90 minutes. Because, I mean, this thing was like an hour, 53 minutes. So, I mean, just a little over like 90 minutes. But, I mean, I thought it was perfectly paced. Um, I actually didn't mind the human characters as much. I thought Skarsgård was actually pretty great. Pretty good, man. Rebecca Hall, at least what they were given. If anybody felt like out of nowhere, it was Millie Bobby Brown for me, who I thought was going to have a bigger role in the movie. My bad. Uh, but I thought the visuals were great. I thought the action delivered with what we were, what we got. Apes are smarter, so Kong, so Kong prevails, even though he got the worst end of it for the most part. But, you know. But he had Mjolnir. No. Yes, he did. It feels very Thor in Infinity War. He's got that when he charges it in Hollow Earth, the end. Kong needs the axe. Guys, the, wasn't the Mothwam the Mothwam moment just worth every every minute of wait for it? Oh, when they when they have their moment of like don't fight when they're yelling. Mothwam, come on. Uh, Mothwam moment. moment. But Mothra but moment. honestly, let's get this out of the way. Honestly, Kong can't beat Godzilla. Let's be honest with each other. No. We, like, right. we like Kong better. I mean, even I walked away from this movie mm-hmm. or moved by Kong. But at the end of the day, Godzilla, it's just not its just not fair, I don't think. That's how I think. Does anybody see it differently? I mean, sure. I think. I think <laughs> it's, just, it's just like saying Iron Man could be Cap. Like, I mean, sorry. I mean, like, you know, it's just yeah. not going to happen. If all you MCU people yeah. are going to attack me, no contest. Right. I mean, what's up, guys? <laughs> I guess. But, you know. Yeah. What uh, One last thing I wanted to bring up, too, is I, re- I really liked Brian Tyree Henry's character, the whole uh, the whole conspiracy. Podcast. Yeah, we were. I wanted you to do. He this was very meta. Titan podcast. I was very meta. Um, I like that because those people are really prominent at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like what they do, and there are people out there like that. So I think it's cool that there was this conspiracy. podcast guy who was like trying to expose the world yeah. to what Apex was. Yeah. You know, it's a little convenient, like him, Millie Bobby Brown, and then the kid from Deadpool too. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice. Save the part of the world at the end again. A lot more friendly in this movie, though. You yeah. still dropped some cuss words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was my big problem with King of Monsters is how like Millie Bobby Brown, even though she's a great actress, she like she was the one who like got all the monsters to stop. And I'm like, all right. But this yeah. was pretty hokey how they how they Whoa, saved it. So. How they also save it. But, it was you know. pretty. It was pretty. Yeah. I forgive it because I, I'm not going to pick apart the plot at the end there. But mm-hmm. I mean, Mecha Godzilla gets defeated by some fine bourbon, <laughs> down and short circuiting everything. Otherwise, well, and the team yeah. up and the yeah. and Godzilla heating up Kong's axe and yeah. then Kong mm-hmm. did the one two. How do you do? And yeah, then, there you go. Put it down, right? Which is pretty epic. That was epic. Fashion. That was cool. I'm not all those that. poor buildings, though, too, guys. I mean, imagine, like, well, I mean, there can't even be a world left. Like, <laughs> like there shouldn't even be people left. Like, so, what is the world's population now? Like, 30 so people? real quick, I want to throw this to Luke because we, you know, we like, I'll pick on Man of Steel, the third act, just how there's so much carnage in Metropolis going, Zod and. I think this has always been a bone of contention because growing up reading comics, it always seems like they never, people always, the heroes always go out of their way to save everybody. So when you're watching this, 
Now, I had seen the previous movies, but it's crazy all the carnage, right, Luke? The building. Right. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they didn't evacuate everybody. Did they, Luke? I don't know if they no, got. They were all standing around, and then and then like when the when the fighting was over, they were just all coming out of the woodworks, and they were just all they were all around, and then you know they like they Kong and Godzilla started yelling at each other, and they're like, "Uh oh, like, we gotta gotta go back." How 2021 of it all, just recording on your cell phones, just trying to get some, oh, yeah. some nice Instagram pics. Don't like, care if you die or not. <laughs> you couldn't live your life knowing Godzilla is out there. And there were like all the times like in the in the oh at, my God. at the beginning of the movie when the credits are when like the pre-credits are rolling, it says like, oh, Godzilla stops this Titan. Godzilla stops this Titan. I'm like, okay, so you mean for the last couple of years there's been more battles and fighting like who's left how do i go to work like knowing that there's actually probably if you think about it a a a 40 chance that your building but here's the thing by a a kaiju on like a wednesday afternoon you know who's left we are because we live in westchester we're in the midwest yeah that's true and they don't make it this far in no (laughs) we're on the coast that's what anywhere we should be though you are you are absolutely suburbs. living your life. I want them to be fighting on like rural farmland. <laughs> that would be awesome. Like, why don't they do that? Then I they don't, don't have to do all the buildings blowing up. Oh, you mean how I said Superman should have taken Zod to a cornfield and everybody laughed at me and said that that would have been ridiculous? Oh, no, yeah. you were right. That is right. That is, you are correct. He should. Yes. He should have did that. That's what they always try to do. They try mm. to bring him somewhere where there is the least impact possible. Looking at that 72% in RT, boy. That's go. what happens. <laughs> man, you know, and humans really are, man, we are bad people, man. Us humans, man, we're, we're, we're the villains. Yet again, I got to say, but so, and I did really like the score. I don't know if anybody talked about that. I actually thought the score was, was pretty great, too. Um, that's junkie. That's Tom. And, and enjoy listening to that on, on a nice sound bar. That was, that was pretty great. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet if you had a sound bar, it was probably extra dope if you were right. Or 4K or something like that. So it's cool because it, I think we all agree we enjoyed it. It is what it is. I mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to another one. I don't know what they could tell, but True. Um, I and I like the ending too, where Kong's back on Skull uh, Skull Island and Hollow mm-hmm. kind of at peace inside Hollow. He's inside Hollow Earth, right? Yeah. And he's at peace, kind of, and and they're there. And the whole it's the little girls there. So mm-hmm. I, I'm in for another one. I'm okay. I I'll do it. All carnage and destruction aside. Well, now Kong has to be King Kong now. He's still just Kong. So I think his next movie is going to be him becoming King of Hollow Earth. I want the next one, him and Gorilla Grodd, to just duke it out. To, to go, like... I just sure. would rather it be a... Pre- <laughs> I heard in Flashpoint, Barry's going to accidentally run into Hollow Earth and <laughs> allow Kong to develop thoughts. Flash 2 is going to be Flash to Gorilla City, Hollow World, Earth, and Kong is just Grodd, and you're gonna get Andy Circus to voice him. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Why not? Why not? yeah. Oh man. I'd watch it. Warner Brothers works. They're gonna make him connect. That's well, right. God, well, Godzilla vs Kong worked. If the Flash works, there's your gorilla. And I guess Space Jam has everybody in it, right? So yeah, yeah. It's a whole multiverse of. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Going on there in space. Oh, there was a space jam too, Trey. There wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, 
they got everybody in there. They're all yeah. in the background. Nice. That'll uh that's an HBO Max two one, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, but we don't I don't need to see that movie. That's uh that's what we call a couch uh viewing, might might I add. No disrespect, but you know. No, none taken. That's a non I'm I'm gonna utilize that twelve bucks a month for something, so you know. <laughs> but yeah, so that's Godzilla versus Kong. Uh Nico does have a written review over at let's go podcast.com. So if you want to hear more more inside thoughts on the movie, go check that out. Did you really write something? You should have just put pictures. What? You could have just put pictures for Godzilla. Oh versus yeah, Kong. like you know what I mean? Because of like what happened, like in, Kong in the in the movie, yeah. Godzilla, like one where he's down, him. then he's yeah. up, and then you just give it like a yeah, a gotta up. go yeah. or whatever you guys do with yeah. your rating. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, what a wonderful transition. Speaking of gotta goes, man, the second half of this show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, more like Falcon and the Winter, so good. Am I right? Give me that drum roll, please. At that, I want you to know I'm proud yeah. he said it because he used that the other day in either a text to me or in a text to our Slack. And I'm like, it's good. I hope he says that mm. on the podcast. I think people oh, yeah. I love that. Falcon and Winter so good. Especially <laughs> after this week's episode of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I only have anything to talk about from the episode. So you three. <laughs> I know I think I know what you're what you're gonna talk about. <laughs> Wow, that's great. But uh, yeah, so last week we we skipped episode two. Yeah, I saw that. Um, we skipped episode two for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, Luke, I want to take this off to you because I want to get your thoughts on what it was like to see that imposter just wearing the wearing the suit. Kind of talk about some John Walker stuff, and then that leading into uh, this week's episode, Lou. Oh. Well, uh, episode two, you know, when he's in the locker room before the, like, like at the beginning of the episode, his intentions seemed kind of genuine to me. And I was like, you know, this might not be too bad. But then when, when he shows up with, uh, like, with Lamar, I'm like, immediately, I'm like, oh, never mind, you know, <laughs> like I, and then I kind of like stuck with that, like through the whole like rest of the episode but Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean it's it's kind of like rough to watch him in action too like especially with the shield and there's like a a moment in um and the the one fight scene when um they're on the trucks and he throws the shield to to save um what's his name Battlestar when he Lamar yeah yeah when he falls and then he's just like yeah like I I did it you know like he's he's like <laughs> celebrating like while he's fighting and still getting his butt kicked and then after after like the whole thing's over he kind of gives um Sam and Bucky like crap about you know getting their butts kicked and then we showed up and saved the day but it, they got their butts kicked like too you know <laughs> like it, it was equal and and I was and then he's he's kind of like he's kind of like not demanding respect from them, but like expecting respect from them. And I didn't really like that, you know. Like I I I get it, you know, about you know his little trying to like pick up um, where where Steve left off, but 
he's not the man for it. No, it's one of those where like his he's and I actually really liked the John Walker stuff. Like I don't like, you know, I'm sure he's gonna go and when we get to episode three, we kind of see the direction it goes. And I actually forgot we're talking about episode two. So I have a lot more to talk about. It's not just the one thing. I was kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked all the John Walker stuff, but Luke, I, I love how you said, and this is a perfect point. I love how you said he's expecting their respect. And in his mind, you get that, right? He's saying, okay, I was chosen for this. I'm doing the best I can. I'm not trying to be him. I'm just trying to be this best version of myself for the country. But what he doesn't get is for those two guys, there can't be anyone else, you know? Right. And that's yeah. that, that's a cool disconnect that's why i like when they're in the car talking mm-hmm. um, because it's like hey like if if zennick left this podcast and someone else came in and they wanted me to 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 like them as much as i did zeddy which won't happen no yeah no no, no. <laughs> trying to give like a concrete i got you <laughs> Try to come in and do all the quips and have the great takes, but also have the passion that Zendik has. And he would be like, come on, I'm like Zeddy. Like, I'm just trying to be like him, dude. Yeah. And I would be like, no, I get that. That's awesome, but you're not him. So, like, I can't be, like, as gung-ho for you because you're not my guy. You know what I mean? So that's the example I gave. Yeah, I just, you know, I really like the character. I mean, because obviously he's playing it that we don't like him. Mm-hmm. But and then as we're seeing him progress here through these two episodes, I'm really interested to see what the future is for him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. know that. I caught him on, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. He's, he's a really cool guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess he didn't know a lot. He's not a comic guy. He said he grew up an athlete. So he kind of threw us nerds under the bus a little bit. Um and, you know, Sebastian Stan told him you have to read this stuff and all that. But uh, I'm really interested. I can't say any better, but I'm, I'm curious if he is going to wind up, you know, a casualty of the show, if he's got any future, if he's going to wind up with some serum. Interesting. How about you, Nikki? Yeah, I, I got to agree with a little bit of like what everybody said here. I, I really love that. It's like in the beginning, they really wanted you to like almost sympathize with him where it's. Okay, like Luke said, like like you guys said, maybe he's not such a bad guy after all. It's like he was just chosen for this. It's not like he wanted to do it. Uh, and then it's almost like I think I said this in my written review. It's almost like he's really nice and open to like everybody up until the point where people start to reject him. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the ignorance towards him is kind of what pushes him over that edge where it's like, no, so you're working for me, you know, where it's in the beginning. It's like I just want to help everybody. I'm just here to be Captain America, whereas now he's like the government kind of poster boy now, where it's it's kind of there for the paycheck, so essentially. Yeah. Is it me and Luke, you would know this the best. Dudes, are Cap's ears, I could have just looked, I guess, but are, are Cap's ears like exposed in his helmet too? Because he looks, Walker looks ridiculous, like in <laughs> it's Chris Evans's cap. Is Chris Evans's cap on? I'm gonna look at Endgame photos because, like, his ears stick out so bad. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah. John Walker suit. I actually think the John Walker suit is dope. Yes, yeah, with with a that's way more on the shoulder and the colors, and it's more of blue and red. There's a little less white. So um, you know, while you're looking, we gotta talk about this because at the end of episode one, he looks so goofy, right? 
Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that was a, a completely done on purpose. Yeah. And then when you do see him in episode two, like you said, Luke, he's, he looks kind of, he looks cool. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's an American guy, you know, his ears are, he, he paid his dues right in the, in his missions. And mm-hmm. I think they make him look, it's so funny to contrast to go from the end of episode one to episode two, when you see him and you're like, yeah, he does look the part a little bit. He looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also like, on like with that too, um, like you said, he paid his dues, like his service record was like absolutely phenomenal. Like they, they obviously like grabbed somebody who, who they were like, you know, like, Oh, uh, cause some of like, I was like also wondering like why, like John Walker, you know, we got to get like more backstory, but they gave like his service record. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, like that's, that definitely falls in line with like a a type of person that could fill the role of Captain America. But, but um, it's, it's also kind of like that the same time, you know, he's not Steve Rogers. He's yeah. So it's, you know, he's, he's definitely, you know, done, a ton for the country and uh for his like brothers in arms stuff like that and it's but you know he he has like these little moments where you're like and he says specific things and his mannerisms where it's like you know i don't know i don't know about you but but that's good acting too like yeah which which is like um yeah i i actually like kind of i i get like with episode three with like how the the plots laid out and everything i kind of like wish there was a little bit more john walker in there but at the same time i'm like like i i totally get like he can't be in there like for for mm-hmm. a lot of it yeah judge zed mm-hmm. yeah i mean i just agree with like a little bit of everything that you said because then obviously like later on throughout episode two it's like the super soldiers are kind of following that main lead is like a little bit of that priority we kind of so now it's like it seems for the second half of where we're heading it's there's like there's two teams now there's obviously the john walker team and then there's the team of sam and bucky and then obviously i think the government might be that third team lingering around in the background but essentially it's these two teams kind of duking it out trying to get the job done essentially so i thought it was interesting and obviously and this is where we're going to lead into episode three because it's only one of the teams has the i guess not really the brains of it because it's essentially you're, you're going into like the, the devil's door here is they got to track somebody down guys and that is uh a gentleman that's we're going to talk about just rather shortly but before i forget it was it episode two? We really had that scene where Sam and Bucky are on the street because I believe it was where we we met well, Isaiah. Isaiah, right? Isaiah and Eli. Yeah. That's important. Oh, yeah, Eli Bradley. Yeah. yeah. Um, what a pivotal scene that was just right off the bat. I just have to bring that up just where it's like those white policemen are asking like, Bucky, hey, is this man bothering you? I'm like, because that's really something I didn't expect them to go to go, to be quite honest. And I thought seeing the revelation that it was isaiah has been this like tormented tortured black super soldier that the government just mistreated i thought that was just like insane luke what what did you what did you think about like the reveal and then everything that followed suit after that well again like with same with the um 
with like the first episode you know it it definitely has like real world feelings to it and they're like there are a fair amount of like service members who come back from you know war and like overseas deployment they they see things they do things they're affected by it and they they do end up like doing things that land them in jail maybe some things shouldn't land them in jail but um you think about like the population of like prisoners and it it is like mainly minorities african-americans so i could totally see how how he comes back you know he does everything for his country kind of like sam with the bank you know real world stuff he, mm-hmm. he lands he gets like put in jail you know and and then that's something that like actually happens quite frequently more frequently than people do know but it's it's just cool that they they put that in there you know not not cool but like necessary mm-hmm. um and and then they continue it on like going out into the street so that you got this whole, I was in jail for 30 years. I came back from the war in jail for 30 years. And then you go out in the street and you have this like heated discussion between Sam and Bucky. And then these two white police officers show up and they just immediately like, you know, mm-hmm. they, they just are zoned in on Sam. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this happened 30 plus years ago here it is modern day still going on and it honestly it made me kind of uncomfortable but i think that that was the purpose of it because it's like if you if you feel uncomfortable in this situation you know that that scene's like doing its job and it's something that we kind of knew they were going to have anthony mackie do um like coming into it he was going to take on this role um and and he was looking forward to it um but i think it was like pretty effective i know like a lot of people are gonna say things like oh i don't want to watch my comic book stuff with stuff like this in it but at the same time you know it's something that needs to be said they they feel like it's important obviously the actors feel like it's important and you're not going to have the show without the actors so um and also it makes people feel like their voices are being heard while at the same time effectively playing into the story that's going on in the the universe too so i i thought that was the whole you know isaiah and then the cops on the street thing i thought it was just like great you know it needed to be done it was done it fell into place yeah i'm with you well said i love how you said you you felt uncomfortable and how a lot of the audience will, but, but, but that's important, right? That shows how effective it is in the scenes doing its job. I really appreciated it too. Um, because especially when you're the biggest franchise in the world, I know you said wonderfully so. And I saw this take, we don't want stuff like this Mm -hmm. in our comic book stuff. Well, when you're the biggest franchise in the world and you have the, the most eyes watching you, that is where you should put some of this stuff so that people can see. And if you felt uncomfortable by it, think about why you felt uncomfortable about it. And then what, what are you going to do with that feeling? So I, I love how you brought that up. The only thing I will say is I'm really glad. I think they did it perfectly. And what I mean by that is I'm really glad they didn't make that scene go longer. Mm-hmm. Cause then I would have felt like it, it, it would have got 
um, inappropriate. And what I mean by that, and this is just me personally, if they would have been like more aggressive with Sam and if they were, if they went, if they were to go as far as like, actually like physically doing some things, I would have been like, okay, now we're getting into, now we're not just uncomfortable. You're really trying to paint something that now this, I don't think we need to show because this is where it gets really touchy. And this is where it can get where you could have people go. I like how you did that, but now you went overboard. Um, because to try to recreate something that intense as it moved forward, as necessary as it might be, I think having it be just tense enough and then cutting it off how they realize it's Sam, um, who is an Avenger. And then they sort of back off. Um, I'm glad it didn't, I'm glad it didn't go longer. Cause then it could have gotten like, Ooh, okay. Now this, I think is a little, a little too much, but the Isaiah stuff is awesome because or diehard comic fans. That's huge. I was not familiar on this. I know our guy, Carlos, this was like his favorite thing in the whole show, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, our guy, Carlos from the nerd room podcast. So I was always in, this is the last thing I'll touch on and I'll throw it to you, dad. And then Zeddy is the, the thing I always said is this show, we're clearly going to watch Sam's journey to becoming Captain America. I think, you know, and I always said, we talked about this in episode one and such as, Oh, why didn't he just do it? Right. Why did he give it up? And we're getting a story of him giving up. That's great. If Isaiah ends up being the reason that Sam feels inspired to do it. I know we've had a lot of theories like, is it because he feels like the world won't accept the black man being Captain America, et cetera, et cetera. Then he learns there's a black super soldier that they hid and wrongly treated and tortured and threw in jail and abused. So to have him and that be the motivation for Sam to be like, you know what, the world needs one. So this doesn't happen again. That will be an excellent payoff for why this show exists. in My opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, you guys said it beautifully. I mean, this is Marvel heading into new territory, Mm -hmm. um, addressing real world issues, something that I don't think they really did a lot in the cinematic movies. And it's, it's fantastic. And Luke, like you said, it's essential to the plot. Um, They're not just putting, I'd be the first to tell you, like, why did they put something in? But it's, it, it's so cohesive with the whole dynamic of the show that, it, mm-hmm. Again, you go from WandaVision to this now through three episodes. Is, yeah, it's great, man. I mean, I I can't add any more. Nikki, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just love the scene because I just thought like how powerful just it was just to like to see Sam being introduced to this other black super soldier that was just mistreated by the government that he had no idea even existed. This for him that changes everything, right? It completely changes his whole philosophy on like why he served his country and the way the world is now and i just thought that it was powerful too because i remember saying like in episode one where it's where i think they're going like that winter soldier route is this feels much more like a political thriller so it's like for steve that shield it's like carrying the american flag essentially so for steve carrying the shield was like a new hope essentially for america right because he was a patriarch he was what the world needed. He was exactly like the pretty boy of America. He was the guy that always did what needed to be done for the country. Whereas now we're in modern times and we have things that are like systemic racism and prejudice, like going on in the world. So what I think that shield and what the flag represents, at least 
what I think they're going for is it represents oppression. So it's more than just accepting a black man as Captain America, more so than it is accepting that we as a country have to unite around this idea that the next Captain America may have to be a black man. So that that's where I just I love where I think they're going. And if we have three more episodes, I'm very confident where they can stick the landing, especially of what Nico said. And what Luke said, if we get a payoff for Isaiah, it can be really powerful. It could be really good. So but that's essentially all I wanted to really touch on episode two. I think now is probably a great time to head into episode three, because episode two kind of ends with these this idea of we see the return of Baron Zemo locked away in isolated jail. And then we get Sam and Bucky tracking him down. And then, of course, who goes to see Zemo alone? It wasn't Sam, I'll tell you that. Good old Bucky Barnes. We visiting the past here. Uh, Luke, kick us off here. What, what did you, how did you feel about seeing the return of Zemo and the role that he played kind of throughout the episode? Um, well, he tried it, you know. The first thing he did was just starts throwing those words out so he, he tried it but you know 17 at least we we know that like for sure it works you know his mm-hmm. his mind um bucky's mind is you know back like yeah. not being manipulated which is good it's refreshing because i was kind of thinking you know when they go see zemo like if it's if he's going to try it which he did and like if it would work i was going to be you know very anxious my anxiety was going to be at a 10 um but yeah i i think it's uh i think it's it's all right um the it's it was weird seeing zemo but um he he seemed all right he didn't seem like he was had any like bad motives i think he he just knew that um i think he just knew that he had an opportunity to get out even if he had like to help them a bit and he he does seem like pretty helpful um i do i do think that he might try to make a break for it there's a part in the um in the episode where I was like, oh, he's running, but, um, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he definitely seems like he, he still has a goal and he, he knows that the Avengers kind of aren't a thing anymore. And now there's more super soldiers and he's kind of like, yes, you know, Mm. like I, I do not like super soldiers. He's like, we're going to go like, I got new friends. We're going to go do, like this this and this to to get this and but he he feels it seems to me like he's a little bit more comfortable around um bucky even though he knows bucky's a super soldier because he had that relationship with him in the past and then also sam's not a super soldier but but he did give some like interesting like he had some interesting lines, especially when they were on the plane with why his thought, like what his thought process is behind it. It's like we get in like a more in-depth view of his like ideas on super soldiers. Um, and he also didn't seem to mind Cap that much when he was talking about it. He, he thought that Cap had integrity, but 
but mm-hmm. he's like he's still a super soldier we can't have that because they get put on this pedestal mm-hmm. you know and they just he's like like the red skull we can't have the red skull like a bunch of them running around because that's bad so <laughs> you know that's awesome when he said the red skull man that got me all excited oh yeah yeah so yeah i mean i don't, I don't want to like keep talking about it but he no, you're I doing, think oh. it's a very interesting role for him like that they have zemo playing in the show yeah it, it's cool you know i was telling nick what i've kind of deduced from the show is it's got a very lethal weapon vibe to it to me now mm-hmm. um, with bucky and with sam right because sam's kind of the straight guy and bucky's like the mel gibson character he's just crazy um and that whole breakout scene the way they did it was brilliantly <laughs> unfolding as he's explaining it. Yeah. <laughs> hypothetically speaking <laughs> so that that was just great writing and i think the director i don't know his name he, he did john wick right i'm sorry that i don't know the name of the director uh because it skoglin i think something like around now i don't want to mispronounce some real talent in this episode mm-hmm. Um, Luke, you're so right about about uh, Zemo because I think that he feels. Part of me thinks he still feels like he has a little control over Bucky. Mm-hmm. It's weird, right? Like, especially when he's like, "You got to go back into this character." And I love that line in the bar when he says, "Like, it's it, that came like real natural, or it wasn't that hard for him to get back into that character." Right. And Sam's terrified because I think Sam, are you are you good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay you know it, that's how i would be if i was sam because i'd be like oh man at any minute now mm-hmm. i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna lose bucky you know but but zemo's great throughout the whole episode i'm wondering like you too i thought possibly um yes nick z his dance moves resemble mine a little bit so that's why i, I was i really liked it that's <laughs> best scene of the mcu baby art you know that's that's how you dance in those really cool parties but, um, he he to me i'm i'm wondering where they're going to go with him because part of me thinks like he should run i thought he was going to run mm-hmm. and then i'm also wondering if they're setting him up to be that kind of you know anti-hero anti-villain the thunderbolts possibly and i and i read a little bit of that but i also it's just interesting to me what they could do with him because I think he's cool. Daniel Brule is his yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Great job. And I, and I, I'd like to see more of him. So go ahead. Yeah. That would be like Marvel's answer to the suicide squad. almost. Yeah. Not, not in terms of what they do, but in terms of the team of bad guys you put together, which could be cool. Mm. Um, no, I liked him a lot. Um, at, at first I went on the route of, man, I, I sort of just wanted him, I, I wanted to be boring. I wanted him to just be a villain. They had to stop. I wanted him to be in charge of everything. He still might be, but this whole, he has to help them and they need him. Um, it's very gray, which I like. And like Luke said, I thought he was going to run away like two or three times, yeah. but he's pretty committed to helping these dudes. So um, it's, you it's, talk about the mask it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he looks gray with his mask. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say is I really liked, going back to the plane some uh something that luke brought up is that scene where he talks about like when you put these heroes on a pedestal when we when you put these heroes on the pedestal that's all you think about you don't think about the carnage they might leave behind or the people who die and then we'll get into it because i know we want to talk about her as a whole but uh Darren later brings up the hypocrisy of being a hero and being an avenger too 
which is a really interesting thing to think about. You know, that's something, uh, dare I say it, that Max Snyder tried to touch on. Yeah. Have that pedestal and its power mm. and what happens when it's challenged and how maybe it should be challenged. Like maybe people should think that way and that, and that they all don't have a halo. You try to paint it for him. So that's something I really appreciated. And he's, he's just a good actor, Daniel Brule. So I love like his, his dance club scene that shouldn't have worked, but it did. Yeah. I How you get the ladies, everybody. I saw it before I saw the episode. I'm like, what are we doing here? And then in the context of that episode, I'm like, oh, okay, it's perfect. It's pretty spot on. So, um, as, as Zeddy does it in screen, I wish you guys could see her. Right <laughs> also, because he hasn't stopped doing it, he's doing it. For- they call me the lady killer. Doing it for, for about 25 seconds, which is an actually great one. They're all swarming around me now. If you're listening, count to 25 right now, and that's how. <laughs> great. So, uh, yeah, Zeddy, any more thoughts on Zima? I, I just thought that it was it was so like intense just to see him and Bucky like just having like that interaction because, like Luke, like you guys said, the second that he started saying like 17. And I'm like, okay, so th- this is where we're going. I'm like, I was like, all right, so are they gonna like make Bucky like fight Sam at the beginning of the episode here? And oh, I would have just gonna like hit his head really hard, and then they're gonna go that route again. Uh, but you don't sit in that isolated cell and just have all this time to think and not wonder what would what would happen the day that something like that happened. So I love that they kind of like interpret him in a way where he has a plan. He's just waiting for the right moments to utilize and i sat there like watching the episode the whole time i'm like i feel uncomfortable because i know this guy is gonna flip like any second now and he does like these little moments throughout the episode right where he like he grabs the gun from under the table he he kind of goes left instead of going right or he's walking like slower or he's like whispering into somebody's ear or he's touching somebody on the shoulder i'm like so clearly like he has a plan he's just when you realize that there is that moment where that little crafty SOB gets away and then you're wondering if uh, that's where you're going. But Luke, what, what do you want to follow up on? Like going along with his plan, he knew immediately. The first thing they they did when he got out was he took him to the garage with all the cars just because he wanted to get the suit. Yep. He, and he, he, he was like, yeah, like this is where we're going. Like Sam's mm-hmm. like, what are we doing? Like Grand Theft Auto? Like what is this? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, and he, he goes in and he just grabs the suit and he's like, you know, sneaks it into his bag. And he mm-hmm. like, he definitely has a ton of stuff like planned out. And, um, and I'm like, I'm kind of scared to see where it's going to go because mm-hmm. it's not over. Nope. It's not over. Random thing I want to bring about the episode, because we're going to get into and spend a lot more time on some specific stuff, but. Mm-hmm. I actually thought, and I I forgot to bring this up when we were talking about episode two, but I I thought the humor in this episode was written how I think humor should be written and executed in these films is very quick, very subtle and natural, and I thought a lot of it worked, especially when they're in the club and such, and some of the stuff like with his seat, and then when they um in the car seat at the end, but that goes yeah, back. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, Civil War. But also um, the first one when they're sort of when they're arguing about um, getting Zemo out of prison, but 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 
it already happened. So that was, yeah. But also, um, it was like, oh, well, I kind of already did that because in episode two, I actually, and I, and I, I, I think I was able to bring this up on the Nerdling show. I don't know if I forgot or not, but I actually thought, and people might not agree, you all might not agree, it's fine. I actually thought the humor in episode two was like so over the top. I thought it was almost, it made scenes feel really rough at times like the hangar like when they're in the hangar or the warehouse the humor lasts so long that when they start running after the truck i'm like i'm not even into this because i was like cringing and then i think the ending scene where they're in the therapy room um they have great exchange but before that exchange there's like two minutes of like that's not like you could have some of this in here but it was just going on too long for me and in this episode i thought it was so concise mm-hmm. properly placed and properly delivered by all the characters so I, I was just like a minor gripe from episode two that episode three actually like fixed and improved upon for me i mean i laughed out loud in this episode a few times um, yeah in, especially, when, especially at the bar when he's when yeah. he's being fake cocktail see like that's funny I mean, yeah that's that good. was so that's hilarious good. that's good and mackie pulled that off I mean, it was fantastic. Not not something I, I I would try for sure. But it was just his whole his whole acting job through the whole scene was just unbelievable. Yeah. And then even as she, even Zemo looking at him, and then Bucky looking at him while he drinks it, yeah. come out of the um the storage facility. Yeah, uh-huh. I told you to go left and stuff like that, and they're yelling at each other. Yeah. I, there too it was just completely natural and stuff mm-hmm. yeah they and again they really did the tro- this trope of where you break the villain out to help you mm-hmm. which we've seen that before again in lethal weapon and comic books but it works so well in this episode they did again the writing the director did a fantastic job mm-hmm. what's up no no i was gonna Let's say go. i was gonna say no i uh i was gonna say is it is it is it sharon time yeah or? Listen, I got this, okay? Daddy's going to kick off our Sharon thing. Is he yeah. Gonna- no, and then you know what? I just thought it was so cool to hear that Winter Soldier theme, too. I just wanted to mention, because that is one of my favorite themes, just of the MCU and Xylia, just seeing Bucky just wreck and shout. I was like, this is what I'm here for. I'm here for this. But, guys, I'm in love. And her name just, I'm in love with a Carter. And her name just happens to be Sharon. Because... Ooh, it was so good to see to see to see my girl back in back in the fold, baby. Sharon Carter is back. I'm gonna save my thoughts because because I because I got this. I, I gotta I gotta think about this for a minute. Look, I want you to kick it off here. What did you think of seeing uh Sharon Carter back in the fold here? Um, well, I think the way they introduced her was actually like pretty cool. She was obviously in the bar with them because when they walk in, you know, she knows them. She's got the hood on, so you don't know who it is, but ducks mm-hmm. out really quick and then then they get into some trouble and then she's just picking them off, you know, from a distance. And then they're like, who was that? You know, and she comes in and then almost immediately you can tell that she's not on a side, you know, she's on her own side because she like, like they even kind of like say this, but she, like when she helped um, like get the shield and then like just, when she helped with everything, she became like, the public enemy and she had to flee so i she's she's on her own side like sam's offering her like this and this you know to like get help and then 
she's like, you know, reluctant to do so. Um, and I, I don't blame her. I mean, but yeah, she's, she's definitely just kind of like, like team Sharon. She's not like with, with them, with them, you know, she's, she's on her own, but I, it also like, she was like a sight for sore eyes too. You know, it's, it's another one of these Captain America things where, you know, you see her come in and you're like, man, like Steve Rogers, you know, like that's like one of the thoughts that popped through my head. Like, you know, like you've been in the family, Cap. blah. Yeah. I was like, man, Cap, like <laughs> it's, you know, it's kind of like taking yeah. me back, you know, to, to, <laughs> to prime Chris Evans in the MCU. But, I'm Luke Doffenbaum, <laughs> man. I love it. Yeah. So I, um, I really liked it. And then, you know, she's obviously super badass in the episode, um, which, you know, just plays into the whole thing. Just mm -hmm. awesome to see her. Yeah, her, her action sequences are great, but she has one of the best lines, I think. And I, I should have, her line when she says, I stole the shield for you and I stole the wings for you so I could save his ass, mm -hmm. his ass from his ass. I mean, it's just, it's great. And she's, and again, like we see her in Madripoor, obviously she's in this power position. She is a broker of stolen artwork. Um, I'm going to let you elaborate more on her because she's great. I just wonder in my own mind if she really is on no one's side or if she's on the wrong side. Mm -hmm. but is that too predictable from this episode? Because I was thinking about it and then I'm like, well, could she possibly even be the power broker? Or could the power broker be a ruse? You know, so I don't know yet because I guess thinking about it now, it would, it would be obvious, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that, that thought, especially with the way the episode closes, crossed my mind. It's one of those where can they, if they were to do that, how would it land? So I think for me in this moment in time, if if you were to tell me, hey, in episode six, she turns out to be like the big bad, I would be like, well, I don't like that at all because I like her now. Um, if it's really believable, it could be cool. What it's looking like is the Flag Smashers have good intentions, but poor actions. Ooh. It's one of those villains. Um, and then don't know what this power broker is. It could be Sharon, it could be not. And then you got the whole John Walker stuff going on. So I wonder if there's going to be no clear antagonist and there's just going to be all this, all this like a, a variety of stuff. But mm. talk about now is, no, dude, she, she's dope. Um, give me my Sharon Carter series now. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to see how she became this art. That's the only thing though in this episode. So Zemo is okay. So apparently he's rich and Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> most prominent people in magic world. all right sure okay we'll, right we'll suspend this belief um, <laughs> my but my favorite thing which is actually a thing that doesn't exist my favorite thing about sharon though and they keep teasing is now i really wish i know they were trying to get infinity war and endgame out man i really wish we got we 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 but it would never happen. I want this gap filled in when they were on the run after civil war, pre infinity war, when they were like the secret Avengers where it was cap widow, Sam and Sharon, that all sounds awesome. Mm. 
I really want to see that. Mm-hmm. I think that could have been the Black Widow film. I sure. think they tied that into before Infinity War because um, you could have told a, a really cool story with those on the run, which would have made their impact in Infinity War a little bigger. Um, but no, dude, Sharon's great. I love how she's a little bit more witty than she's been before that just shows you not only has she developed over time the world's a different place her character is a different character so they would change you know they wouldn't be able to be the same person and yeah no her action was was sick her action was dope um it, it's 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 that winter soldier russo's action it's that grounded stuff we like so she was great i hope she's not an antagonist in the end because I like seeing some of these characters who were all had to be sidelined in 2018 through 2020 with movies like Endgame, Infinity War, with all these big ones. I like seeing them all come back and have a chance to play important roles. And I think she should be in the MCU moving forward. I think we need this whole female agent thing now that we're moving away from Fury and, and stuff. I think it would be cool. I think he'll be really cool. I don't know. And I definitely think she's going to end up with Sam or Bucky. That's my guess. Give me that Trinity. Just, just, just give me, give me that, that Trinity. Give me that Agent 13 series like tomorrow. I want that on Disney Plus in 2023. Make it happen, Kevin. I, I know you're listening. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Sharon Carter, I mean, other than just being very easy on the eyes, I mean, just like. <laughs> just like what a badass i mean that's like exactly what we all knew right and like what i love the most about well other than just the action just being like incredible was just the ramifications of civil war that i just dug like the the dialogue between sam and then bucky and seeing how like what the consequences were for everybody like yeah bucky had a like bucky got pardoned sam got pardoned but sharon had to still be on the run she got the worst end of it, I would argue. And man, it's Civil War do, do her dirty. So I, I just love that. Like she's had, it's like the will to survive. So that's what I love. And you know, this whole like old friends reuniting again, it is a trope that we've seen for, and it works so well every time. And I love that the main thread of this episode was like, there was like a bounty on, like yeah. on all of them. And I, and there was times where it felt like a video game or just, one villain was just coming after another, and then Sharon was just taking them all down. So she got some shots in, they got some shots in. So it's it was just like, and then like that last half of the episode was just thrilling. It was like it was like the show that I that I thought we were getting. So whether or not she is an inside threat, but she's really like not. She's just posing as a threat to kind of get to the threat. Kind of remains to be seen. I hope this isn't the last we see of her. This may be the last we see of her, but especially with that exchange between her and Sam, I'm kind of thinking if we do see her again, it's going to be Sam kind of delivering on that pardon that he promised her. So I hope so. And I'm, yeah. I'm I, I like, well, I mean, I feel bad for a character, but I do like how there were ramifications of the war. Um, I like that the MCU, I think with these shows are getting to show consequences of things that otherwise you would just forget because we were building Thanos. So no one was thinking about what happened to Sharon because you didn't see her for five years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I like how she dealt with it though. That's my fear of her being the antagonist is 
it makes total sense that, hey, that she's on the run. She found her spot here. She's doing her old thing. She can't go back. She's just getting by. And, okay, Sam's going to try to have her name cleared. What I don't want is it – I hate when it gets oversimplified, like when someone's wronged, they feel like they need to be the villain. So, mm-hmm. it's like, they took everything from me, so yeah. I'm your soldiers to fight back. I'm like, okay, sure, but, like, that's been done a million times. So, mm-hmm. I like – He's like, yeah, you know what? Screw them. Screw you. Screw the Avengers because they all loved you. They didn't love me. So I'm just out here yeah. chilling. Do they still I die. Whatever, man. I like that more. I like not caring as opposed to feeling like they need to be this prophet of coming back and fighting the world. So I don't know. True. But I think that's what they're going to do. Uh, well, they, they, made, <laughs> they made her in one episode. They made her so interesting more than she did. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she doesn't look like she's looking to be pardoned. So no, mm-hmm. they keep her in that gray area, and she's uh, she's yeah. around things or puts her own team together. So it's cool. Yeah. I'm glad she's back. Absolutely, she's, she's got people working under her, you yeah. know. Yeah. Right. And like one thing though that I, which that that, and then the way she kind of like tells the the lady who picks her up, like that, you know, like we got a problem, you know, like this and that. That kind of makes me think that she'll be back, you know, in the yeah. show. So, but like also one thing that like, that like kind of makes me like sympathetic of, of Zemo too, is when they're like in there and you mentioned he took the gun from under the desk and, you know, he, he, I killed like the Nagel because he was like, you know, you're, you're taking the location of this serum, like to your grave, you know, he does not want people to find it while everyone is trying to find it, Mm. you know, Sam and Bucky are trying to find it. I think probably Sharon also is like looking for it too. And then, and then, you know, um, especially like if she is the power broker, but, um, but then like also you got John Walker looking for it. And I think he wants it like, cause he was kind of aggressive when they, when they went in and they were like, he's like, yeah, like where's Carly, you know? And I yeah. think that he, he kind of wants the super serum to more be a more complete cap too good point but, and they the dude kind of like to tell him like yo like relax like they're not here you know and he was you know fired up and i'm like everybody is looking for this and zemo's just like doing everything he can he's like no it's the golden <laughs> no. ticket man yeah but yeah. oh you said he's got that code zemo mm-hmm. and yeah. his thing is to end the winter soldier program mm-hmm. that's why it's so great when he just shoots the doctor like that so he does not waver Mm-mm. he is convicted and wherever he goes from here you know what his intentions are you know so yeah. the serum is interesting though nick is that was that where you want to go next or yeah i, I mean because i mean other than like the flag smashers were kind of just here in this episode where it's i think they're doing a little bit of plotting i guess but i definitely expect them to have some bigger roles especially in these next three but yeah let's kind of talk about the super soldier serum again because it seems to be such a bigger like central plot than even i actually anticipated so and i know we've had tons of theories like sam's gonna end up taking the serum or maybe bucky does it again i don't know i mean maybe sharon takes it so it's obvious that maybe walker ends up taking it it's obvious this thing is gonna really like play a factor into like where we go from 
from episode one to episode six. So, uh, Luke, did you want to kick us off here and like have has your theories grown in the last few episodes and like how the serum is playing a factor into the the series? Um, yeah, I I do kind of think that the serum is going to end up like at least the intention behind it is like being used as a weapon. And I, we kind of talked about how I think, was it you Nico who mentioned that the, the flag smashers, they kind of like, they're, they have like the good intentions, but they're like doing it wrong. Right. So I thought that that was like interesting because it made me think like, you know, um, they have kind of the same issues that, um, that like Sam was facing, like with his family and stuff, like, um, not like, cause they were, his family was gone during the blip, but they were obviously here during the blip. And then, but both of them have the same issue that like big government comes back after the blip mm-hmm. and big government kind of makes the, the lives of people like pretty much hell and they don't like it. And then Sam is going about it kind of more in a like traditional kind of like GI mindset, you know, what mm-hmm. the flag smashers are, are doing in what like we would consider more of like a radical mindset. And you can see that too, like with their dialogue, you know, they talk about taking the serum and how scared they were before they took it and how painful it was. And then they, she kind of, I, th- I think, didn't Carly say something like she wanted to give it to like kids too, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I think it helps your body from from sickness. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and that was like stealing those vaccines. They the big government they were holding withholding that from everybody, right? And um and Ouch. It, I do think that like uh yeah. <laughs> I, I think that like they also you you see kind of how serious the flag smashers are taking it with um you see like when the power broker's coming, the one guy, you know, kind of sacrifices himself, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that's more the radical mindset. And then when they, you know, they break in um, and, you know, get everything and then they, they leave the people that were there in the building and and they just blow up the building with the people in it. And the guy's like, what are you doing? You know, like, and Carly's mm-hmm. like, you know, we do what we got to do. You know, they do it to us, you know, and I at first like with the with the in the second episode i was thinking you know carly might end up being a person who kind of goes over to the good side you know and then but then like after that i was like no it's it's not gonna happen um but i Jeez. yeah my my theories they're kind of like shifting with with every episode even at like the beginning of an episode to the end of the episode i'm like mm-hmm. You know, I don't know where to go with this, like in my mind, but um, I do think that they're going to try to use the serum as a weapon for whoever gets it, you know, Um, maybe Sam takes it if he gets a hold of it, he takes it because he feels like he needs to take it, you know, to be more evenly matched. Maybe John Walker takes it because he wants to be more Captain America or, you know, whatever motives he are, the flag smashers that give it to more people you know, Sharon, I don't know, she might take it, but maybe even like Eli Bradley might somehow get a hold of it too. Cause he's sneakily, like sneakily placed in there too. So, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think that obviously it's not the end. Like, it, I don't think like that little scene with Isaiah is the last we're going to see of him. Cause he mm-hmm. kind of, 
was in the background if you watch his like mannerisms and stuff he's kind of upset with the way like he wanted isaiah to, to talk with them a little bit more and then sam kind of steps in and says like tries to say something but gets cut off and i i think that whatever sam has to say might bring him back there you know and cross paths with eli bradley again but i i really like don't know at this point i'm just thanks just also because like we got that because to, to speak on eli for a sec i i know when like the reports go out that someone got cast it doesn't mean like it happened that day it could have meant hey this person was cast at the beginning we're just finding out now but it was weird that the eli was cast as patriot happened like after episode one yeah, and then you see him immediately in episode two. Okay, so here, he's, he's, he's been in the show, so this is probably news that no one knew about till now, but is he Patriot now? Is he Patriot later? Because you're right, in three episodes, I know they're all close to an hour, which I, I thought the runtime of this one was great, too. Yeah, same. How long or short felt appropriate. I just don't know, because we got to figure that out, too, in addition to they have a couple plot points going on here. Mm-hmm. Well, as Zeddy said earlier, there's like the John Walker stuff. There's the Sam Bucky Zemo stuff. Now we might have the Sharon stuff. And then we got the Flag Smasher stuff. And now we got the, the, the stuff with the Bradleys. That's like five things. And, and then we got to make Sam Cap too. <laughs> Finding out of this. And Bucky has to maybe keep make up for what he does with that old man with his son i haven't forgotten about that Mm. Uh, and they got a partnership so i i'm not saying that they're not going to do it but there is a lot they have to do in three episodes so we will see yeah i mean the serum is the key right now i mean cool because again you've got you've got the flag smashers are like robin hood right they're like Mm -hmm. Like you just said, Luke, oh, they've got violent, these altruistic, well, of violent, right? Well, <laughs> uh, speak to them in the language they understand. Zack Snyder's Robin Hood. Zack Snyder directed Robin Hood. You got, you got the power broker who obviously is looking to use it for whoever they are, their own benefit for an army. Mm-hmm. You've got Zemo who just wants it all destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Bucky and, and Sam want too, but this is going to be crazy, guys. It's really exciting for me to try to figure out what happens. I, I'm going to predict that a few people wind up with the CERN, okay. good and bad, because that would make sense going forward. Uh-huh. That's my little prediction. I'm not going to say, I mean, I would love for Sharon to get it, whether she's good or bad. Oh, that would be I would awesome. just like That would be nice. That would be nice. I'd like oh. to see her harness that power and have that. Um, I think you're right. I think uh, what's his name, the grandson again? I'm sorry, of uh, Eli. Oh, Eli. I think he's probably going to wind up with it, and I think that Sam's going to wind up with it. So I think you're going to have some good, some bad. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I think the 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 flags man. I think I think they're they have what they have. I mm-hmm. think they're going to be who they are. I don't see sure. them benefiting anymore from it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there's still like my one kind of plot that i'm still not really 100 sold on it's just the flag smashers and whether or not it's because i'm not really buying like the threat or because like we still haven't seen a whole lot of them kind of remains to be seen but i do kind of want them to have this more menacing threat if they are going to be like who sam and bucky and walker and like battlestar are supposed to take down i do want them to be a little more menacing but 
other than that, as far as theorizing go, I'm still going to stick to my theory that I think Sam's going to be the only one that doesn't end up with the Sam because I think he's going to be the pure Captain America that just wields the shield. Yeah. Um, I do think Walker ends up with the Sam, though. You know what? I, I forgot to say that. I love that you said that because I do think he's got a real yeah. And I think I think it's just going to be Sam and just finding a way to take Walker down, who's just a li- little more little more built now. So he, he yeah. also knows that they broke Zemo out. Mm-hmm. Like Tom Walker, they find out he finds out at the end that they broke Zemo out, and I think that's kind of like put a fire in his belly to like you know, yeah, come out a little bit harder, and you know he's like mm-hmm. they got the edge now. Yeah. See, I see Walker winding up just being purely the agent of the government. And um, I almost see him being that that person that interferes with a lot of stuff going forward sure. on behalf of the government. Because everybody is operating in these gray areas right now, right? They're really, until there's a full-fledged government-sanctioned Avengers again. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything's just out there after this blip, right? I mean, yeah. guys are taking the law into their own hands they're all basically vigilantes now even though sam and bucky are pardoned and they it's going to be this is this is why this show is so great there's just yeah. so many different aspects going on it's so many real world issues but even going back to like civil war what that movie was all about like everything's thrown out the window with this with the series right mm-hmm. everything's just like on their own so this is going to be interesting how they, and I don't think they'll make sense of this in this series. So I see Walker being that, that government us, I think he becomes us agent, right? Sure. Yeah. What he's, what he's going to become. He is in the comics. And I think that's a great role for Wyatt. I really do. Mm-hmm. And being it just enough, you can root for him at times and at times you're, you're going to be against him. But mm-hmm. I, I think there will be times when you're on his side and it's going back to that civil war concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the only, I guess, one other thing that I wanted to bring up, and hopefully I heard it right and I didn't miss here because I've only seen the episode twice, is there's a scene where they're on the plane, and I think Bucky was like, I can't wait for you to get the shield back so I can take it from you. Because I do think there there is just a little bit of skepticism, too, from Bucky that Sam was just so willingly up to give the shield. So I do think there's going to be a little fight between Bucky and Sam once they get the shield back. But what Sam says is, he should have. He should have not given the shield up. Yeah, he, he said he should have destroyed it. Right, which is sacrilegious to Bucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Which yeah. So yeah, I'm glad that. So that's another interesting thing too is they they're buddy they're kind of buddy cop now, but because I wonder I want to know like how we get to the scene like where they're like by that lake house or whatever, and Sam clearly has the shield by that point. He's wielding it around, right? Like that scene's from the trailer, so. I'm very curious to like see how we get to that point, but I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe they're chilling at Tony's like house. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> they're, they're in like Norway with Wanda. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> Wanda, what did you do? I love you 3000, man. <laughs> I love all you guys 3000. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but believe it or not, guys, Three episodes to go. Six episode series. I can't believe it. But what do you call it, Zedney? What is this? It's called what kind of TV? This is called appointment television, baby. And it's don't don't, don't be late to your appointment, baby. They won't take you in. That's right, man. 
<laughs> no, but th- this is, I think this is a great way to kind of wrap up this one. This has been great. Luke, thank you as always. We we got four, five, and six with you to go. It's going to be the fact that these are hour long or just that much more better. I mean, if you thought WandaVision was nine and you had Mandalorian with eight, just imagine what these next three are going to be. So, look, I want to kind of give you some last closing thoughts on this week's episode, man. Uh, man, I, I think we did a pretty good job, you know, covering everything. Um, yeah, but I do think I do like the last dialogue they kind of have on the plane about the shield. I'm with you. I think that's the, the, I think they do agree that they need the shield back. And I think that's like the beginnings of their, their like plot to get it back. So, um, yeah. And three episodes left, you know, there's going to be a lot happening. So I'm, I'm very eager to, to see what happens. So. And absolutely. With Wakanda because. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Wakanda woman show up and, uh, Mm-hmm. Zemo, man, they're 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 looking for blood, so Bucky's going to have to keep her at bay and convince her. So now, will they also be battling Wakanda, or does Wakanda come into this into the area to come into the situation with help? Mm-hmm. So interesting, so interesting. It is, it is. So it was foyer, but I'll take it. Yeah, we said um, the Wakanda thing is actually my one of my favorite things in the episode because I'm like, okay, this is a surprise I did not see coming. And this can be really, really cool. Problem is you got to execute that in a way that's believable and going to satisfy the Wakandans and us and the audience, etc. But no, dude, I love mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. Well, we'll be back next week as always to review episode four Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We do absolutely want to hear what you guys thought of episode two, episode three. It's the series as a whole. Tweet us at Vigilante1979 on Twitter and let us know what you thought. And speaking of plugging stuff away, Lou, I want you to plug your Twitter and your photography page. I want everybody to know where they can find you because I will find out if they haven't found you. Uh, Twitter at Lukey underscore Woji. Uh, that's that's my Twitter, and then my uh, photography Instagram page is at lmd.pics. Nice, nice. Which we will be doing something for lmd.pics very soon, which I'm very excited about. So it sounds great. Ooh. Yeah, follow me at N Caruso Jr. on Twitter. Now we now we roll the credits. What? What is with this pause here? I know you got some quid pro quo to say here. You know, I thought he had something else. No. Oh. <laughs> I can't pause in this bunch of radio. Well, I mean, it's not radio, it's podcasting. I got anyway, you. Uh, you can follow me at Nico Cruz on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Uh, you can find all my film and TV reviews over at www.letsgopodcast.com. I'm reviewing Invincible right now, Amazon Prime. Um, and then uh, I, I do a, a film and TV based show with Mr. Zetti here called Let's Go Marquee. We have a couple episodes that we're going to try to get out this week, going into next week with uh, Cherry, some SAG stuff, and then Oscar predictions because those are at the end of the month. Crazy to think. Then I have a video game show on the day with gamers. And check that out and find me to come talk to me. I love everything, usually. I don't like, I reject as well. So I don't find argue about me with or uh, agree with me on but yeah is that it? Yeah. nice nice 
You can follow me on Twitter at PapaZine underscore 95 and somebody's favorite letterbox at Zeddy Films. I can catch all my film and TV reviews that include Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Superman and Lois when it's not on hiatus over at www.letsgopodcast.com. Uh, please do follow this show, uh, Vigilante1939, on Twitter, as I just plugged a few minutes ago. Uh, feel free to head over to iTunes and Apple Podcasts and uh, leave a rating and a review. The reviews really do help the show. And you can find us everywhere as well. That includes uh, Stitcher and SoundCloud and Spotify. I do forget to plug there, but we are available everywhere. So if you don't have Apple Podcasts, you can find us anywhere else. Um, and we do have a T Public store. So if you're interested in getting some uh, some swag, you know, the weather's getting warm, you'll get yourself a nice T-shirt or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Feel free to help yourself out to that. So, uh, and that's just NT Public. Just type in Vigilante or Vigilante 1939, and it should pop up. That's all I'm going to say on that matter. But as Nico said, if you're not sick of hearing my voice already, you can find me at Let's Go Marquee. We do have SAG Awards and as well as Oscar uh, predictions and reacting to the Oscars later this month. We got uh, Apple TV's Cherry and Godzilla vs. Kong. So, Let's Go Marquee is going to be could be coming back very soon in full force and then you can also hear me on the hitch over at let's go podcast youtube channel where we just broke down the suicide squad trailer so i don't you guys aren't here sick uh hearing me uh my voice so there you go so i'm literally everywhere some people call me the busiest man of podcasting but you know I'm, i'm i'm whatever podcasting needs me to be wow look at that see so but gentlemen thank you oh you know i gentlemen i can't do this all day really really i could but you know unfortunately we gotta always leave the people wanting more much like these mcu disney plus shows have been doing so there you go i I think the credits are about to end right now which means this is a great way to put a fan of this one so credit scene but there isn't one i don't think so (laughs) no 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 end credit scene on, on this week's episode but it's a great way to wrap this one up. So we'll be back next weekend. Thank you, everybody, for listening and for joining us for next time. For Nico Caruso, for his father, Nicholas Caruso Jr., and Luke Dolphinball, my name's Nick Zanuck. As Michael Keaton's Batman always says, I want you to tell all your friends about me. We live in a society. <laughs>